0: Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and on board our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. Today on New Mercies, Marty Schweibel is our guest, and he has a word of encouragement for us all. Even though Marty has been off the ship now for over 10 years, the impact of his time there will last a lifetime. Here to share with us his mercy ship's journey, this is Marty Schweibel. Marty, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Marty, you have been off the ship, you, you served on the Africa Mercy, but your time ended over 10 years ago, but we all know that the impacts from your time really last a lifetime. So we are excited to hear a little bit about your time on board and how it's impacted what you're doing today. So as we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you were doing prior to Mercy Ships?
1: Well prior to Mercy Ships actually in my 20s I was studying to be an opera singer and I had gone through music school and a graduate program at UT Austin and I was on my way to to sing in opera and that was a whole period of my life that and part of that I was married you know I got married in 93 and got my masters in 95 and that was a period of time where There was a lot of unknown because you know having a career in music is just um really hard and i was pursuing it full force and then when we had our first child i realized that i needed to try to find a profession that would provide for the family a little bit better which is funny because then I became a pastor shortly after <laughs> that, which is not necessarily something that, that you can adequately provide for your family. Right. I had worked in the tech world between and during my time studying opera, I was making an income by working in, in tech. Then my church asked if I would start a choir. So I did that and it was a great couple of years running a choir at the, at the church. And then as the church saw that I had pastoral gifts through the choir, they asked me to come on full-time as an associate pastor. So we did that all the way up until we left for the ship in 2009. So it's kind of this path of opera singer to tech world, to pastor, and then to working on the ship as a chaplain.
0: Where did you first hear about Mercy Ships? How did you guys go from you know, being a pastor in a church to chaplaincy on a ship. And, and by that yeah. time you had more than just one child, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. We had three, three sons when we moved on to the ship. I first heard about mercy ships when I met my wife, Catherine in 92, hmm. and she had been on the ship in the late eighties, early nineties, and had done training on the ship and, and had met a person on the ship that she started she became friends with and we're still friends with them today and we started together as a married couple we started supporting him to sending him financial support and through that we would get the regular newsletters you know from him and Hmm. from mercy ships and so we just kind of kept up from with mercy ships for most of the time prior to going on the ship
0: so then what was it that caused you to say I want to go too. I want to take my family and, and do this.
1: Well, I had been a pastor for, you know, almost a decade. We had always wanted to do something overseas. Mm-hmm. We had always wanted to take our kids. We looked at all these different options to kind of travel around the world and come up with some idea to be able to take them overseas and to experience life outside of America. And so we really looked for an opportunity And during that time, we received one of the main Mercy Ships newsletters, which had a little article in there, one page, and it featured the international chaplain at the time, Patrick and Diana Bergstrom. And it was just a little article about them and their life on the ship and and how they met and got married. And it was just a really moving story. But at the very end, there was just one sentence at the very end, and it said, Mercy Ships is looking for good people to fill roles in the chaplaincy. Mm. And immediately I, I called to Catherine in another room and I and I said, We're going to be living on a ship in Africa. And oh, wow. without, of course, I had didn't apply or anything. I just knew in my heart that we were mm. going to be living on the ship. When I read that statement, it was just the coolest moment because it just felt like a moment where God really spoke to my heart and said, yep, this is where you're going. And I was like, okay, but I need to apply and interview and do all that sort of stuff. And immediately we called our friend that we'd been supporting and got in touch and went through the whole process to to get on the ship. They wanted us to come ASAP because they needed someone. Read that article on February 5th of 2009. And on January 1st, 2010, we walked onto the Africa Mercy on New Year's Day.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So, wow. like 11 months later.
0: Oh, my goodness. How long did you guys serve on board?
1: We served on board for five years. Five and years. That, that would include being at the ISC and being off ship in South Africa during that period where new generators were being put on, uh, installed. Mm-hmm. But we, yeah, we were there for five years.
0: Wow. Well, tell us a little bit about your department and what was your role on board?
1: I came onto the ship first, just a side note, and worked in the dining room. So I was a dining room steward for three months, and that was by design. I believe I was the first or second chaplain to kind of kind of come into the organization and not having served anywhere mm. prior to that and just going straight into chaplaincy. They said, why don't you just serve in, in the dining room or you can serve in the IT department uh, since you have IT background? And it's funny, I like, I'll I'll choose dining room over (laughs) IT. And so I worked in the dining room for three months and it was one of, honestly, one of my favorite times on the ship because I got to serve the crew. It was a perfect place for a a new chaplain to serve, Hmm. to get to know people. And so after three months of serving people food, then people would come to me and want support. And, and ask for support. So my role as a chaplain, primarily, I was in charge of worship on the ship. Okay. So my role, since I have a music background, right. since I led choir and and have this opera background, my role was to organize worship. At the time, it was being organized and run by the head of HR, because <laughs> she had a gift for, for music, and hmm. she was a worship leader, and so she did it. And then the minute I that I started, she brought all of her stuff to me and said, here, enjoy your new role as worship coordinator. And so I got to coordinate worship for five years on the ship and also sing and lead worship. And wow, that was honestly the best, probably one of the best. I'll, I'll keep saying that was the best part. <laughs> and then I'll say something else was the best part, but leading worship with an international crew and being able to have African worship one night, being able to have you know modern worship another night being able to mix genres of music and i remember we had a, a fiddle player from scotland come and he just showed up one day i think he was in a, a medical i think it was a doctor and he would play the fiddle like it just i still remember those times where he would just we would just ask him to just give a concert and people would just come and he would just play play fiddle for hours and so that was just just meeting all these musicians from all over the world was really great I also did a lot of counseling and support of families of marriages of individuals now I'm a marriage and family therapist which I started studying for while I was on the show license after we left And, but at the time I was, I was doing a lot of pastoral counseling Hmm. and it was really a wonderful part of the experience and especially being able to have a a cross-cultural experience and work with cross-cultural couples and um, people from different backgrounds is really challenging and was uh, a lot of great learning in, in the area of counseling Hmm. and, uh, those were the main roles. and Of course, we were very involved in setting up services every week and setting up Easter and Christmas and all these wonderful experiences. We would do onboard retreats where we'd have a weekend retreat and just have all these experiences in different rooms, stations of the cross and all sorts of different way, prayer rooms and things for people to do. And my wife, Catherine, was kind of our chaplain creative is -hmm. how I would refer to her. She, and to this day, there's still things on the ship that she had her hand in of creating banners and paintings. And she, she was our creative person. And so she would create this beautiful backdrop for a service for Easter or Christmas. And we just had a really good team at that time. Yeah. Because of being able to work together, have a creative part, have someone who could do music, have someone who could come up with a message. So we had a really fun and good chaplaincy team during the time we were on board.
0: Hmm. I love to hear how crew get to use their passions and their gifts and talents in all sorts of different ways. You have a doctor Mm -hmm. who plays the fiddle and so he comes Mm -hmm. and gets to play or um, like your wife on board gets to use her artistic skills and and talents and express those. And it's so cool to see that all coming together and happen. Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had another guy who could literally play any Beatles song, (laughs) sing and play on the guitar that you you just name a Beatles song and he would play it. It was, that was fun.
0: There are a lot of incredible nurses and doctors and surgeons on board. And we hear all the time, even on the podcast about how they're doing incredible things to transform the lives of the patients. But we've also had some of them on the podcast and they've shared that in the OR or down in the wards, there were moments when they couldn't really do anything but pray and to call upon the supernatural for a miracle. I know our chaplaincy also gets involved in, you know, the work that's going on on board um, in the hospital. Did you, did you witness some of this as a chaplain?
1: Yes. So many times I used to go down into the hospital to support some of the administrative parts of the hospital because they would have an office and I could knock on their door and have coffee with them. And, and so that was a great way to sort of spend time with the, the medical crew but I'll never forget times when we would hear that beep and the captain would come on the intercom. Mm. And every time you hear that, of course, living on the ship, you think you, you brace for something like what's yeah. going on. The captain doesn't just get on the intercom for anything. Right. And so you'd brace yourselves. And, and a lot of times it would be a call that there's, there's someone on the surgery table right now mm. and they need blood and, and they would call the crew to, to donate blood or they would just say, we need to pray for this person. Hmm. People on the ship above the hospital are all busy bees just going about their, their work. We're all just doing the work of the ship and keeping the ship running and everything stops. Just stops. everyone stops. Everyone is given permission to stop. Everyone is actually being told to stop <laughs> and and pray. And sometimes the captain would actually pray at, at, on on the intercom as well and everyone would just grab another person and sit down at a table or uh, on the stairway and just start praying. And that was just such a great way to be involved because sometimes when you're non-medical crew, you sort of there. There's sort of this inner sort of jealousy. Like you, you, you hear the medical people talk about the the the, the great things that are happening, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not there, but you you are there. Yeah. But man, when they let they encourage us to pray and to get involved with with what's going on, you really know that you're there. Yeah. And exactly. that you're participating.
0: Definitely. Well, I know you had mentioned that. Sometimes the captain would come on and not even call for prayer for medical things, but just other things going on, whether it be in the country or on the ship. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, this happened in at least two of the five or so countries that we were in, that we served in. One time it was their civil, the captain would come on and say, there's civil unrest, an election was happening and there's civil unrest in the city. And we just need to pray for the city. And that was powerful because of just the fact that we're docked on, at this in this country, in this city, and that God has given us an opportunity to pray for that, that country, that moment. Hmm. And it was such a, a wonderful thing to be a part of. Sometimes it was taxi strikes or civil unrest. And it was just a great opportunity. And I just love that our captain did that. Hmm. I love that. I love that that it was something that that was brought to our attention because we would have never have known that it was happening at the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What were the countries that you served
1: in? We served in Togo twice. We were in South Africa, not on a medical mission, but there but we actually still did ministry in South Africa, just not medical ministry. Hmm. And then we came up to Sierra Leone. Then we went to uh, Congo, or Guinea, and then to Congo, Brazzaville.
0: Oh, neat. Now, you had your whole family on board. You had three sons and your wife on board. What was that like for you guys as a family?
1: It was very good, fun, amazing. It was also challenging because, you know, we've got three boys. At the time we left, they were 7, 10, and 12. Hmm. and they spent five years of their life on the ship. Wow! And so it was definitely challenging. We were wanting them to really be a part of the whole process. And I remember going to them when we first thought we wanted to go and we talked to them about it and really wanted them to, to just sort of not, I guess we just wanted them to sort of know this is where we want to go. How do you feel about it? And we want you to to pray and to feel like you want to go as well. Like it's not just us dragging you there, but we're all wanting to go together. And one of my sons said, I'll go on two conditions. One, that I get to have a pet monkey. <laughs> and two, that I get, we get to adopt a little sister. Aww. And, and <laughs> we, we, we ended up, not being able to fulfill either of those promises. (laughs) And, um, but that was, that was kind of funny that, that that was his, his, his conditions. And um, there's so many memories and so many great times of them and the friends that they made. And even Mm -hmm. today they have friends that they're still in contact with from the ship. And it, it was, it was quite an experience. We wanted to be able to go like i said before overseas to experience other cultures yeah. but we also really wanted to for them to experience what what our faith means when it mm. when it's put to the test when it's in action yeah. we wanted them to know okay this is what it means to 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 follow jesus this is mm. we we do and and we respond to what he showed us to what he modeled to us yeah And, and that's what we wanted to show them. And I feel that that, that mission accomplished.
0: Hmm, I love that. Well, what was a highlight for you in your job?
1: Honestly, was just connecting with people because as a therapist now, and as a pastor before, I just, I love people and I love connecting with people. And I love, and I believe that connecting with people is actually connecting through their pain and suffering. Hmm. Hmm. And that if you can connect to people through pain, because often we try to just say, how are you? How's it going? Oh, I'm fine. I remember when we were in Africa, there was an African man one time who said the people they put on plastic smiles oh. and, I, and I didn't, and I dug into that with them and, and said, yeah, there's, there's people here and they're there's, they have plastic smiles. Mm-hmm. And I realized what he was saying is that there's a, you know, that we kind of present to the world in a fake way. And, and not in in a, in in a, not in an authentic way.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And so I feel like my job as a chaplain on the ship, I people would come and tr- and trust me with deep things. Mm-hmm. And I know as a pastor, as a chaplain on the ship, and now as a therapist, there is no greater joy and honor than to be trusted with someone's pain and joy and. Yeah the happy things in their life, but especially the pain and the yeah. suffering. There's no greater joy in my life mm-hmm. than to experience that. Now, having said that, I love the music. I love doing all the services. I, I'll never have another Easter like the five Easter's I had with uh, Mercy Ships.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: All that stuff was amazing. But ultimately, it was the connection with people. Being able to be at that level with people is just an honor.
0: hmm I think the beauty, too, is that those relationships last a lifetime.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The Mercy Ships family is a strong, yeah. strong family that yeah. transcends continents and countries and, yeah. and time, you know? Yeah. so
1: Yeah, it does. Beautiful,
0: beautiful relationships for life, that's for sure. How did you see lives changed while you were on the Africa Mercy?
1: There was a doctor who came on board. He was not a, a Christian, wasn't following Jesus. He came to serve and we had heard about him and I met him and and just saw him engaging with community and saw him all around. In fact, I, I was thinking, man, he is just all over the place. He's everywhere. He's just one of those crew members that you just see, they sign up for every extracurricular thing and they're in the cafe, drink coffee, and they're just engaging with everyone. I thought, man, this guy is really an extrovert for (laughs) one and got to know him a little bit. And he's just a really joyful guy. Hmm. And honestly, I would have never known he was not a believer, a follower of Jesus, because he looked like a follower. He just, he just, you know, so, so joyful and kind, Hmm. but he came to me and one day and he said, Marty, you're the chaplain, and I want to now follow Jesus. I want to become mm-hmm. a believer. I want to be a Christian. Wow! And and so I, I, what do I do? And and so I remember we came to his cabin, and and we had just a little. We just had this kind of ceremony, and he wanted communion. He asked specifically, "I'd like to take communion." Because hmm. he he just, in his experience, he thought, well, that's what you do. You take communion. And so we sat with him and we did the communion and we talked about, you know, him, just what it means to, to accept Jesus. And he did. And it was just this beautiful moment and I'll never forget it. And it's been on my heart and he's been on my heart, you know, for all these years, just thinking of him coming to Africa to serve, to use his... His education and his skills. But yeah. he got, but and and to give to, mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. But what he got was even better.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. You just never know the transformations that are going to take place. And I've said this so many times on the podcast, but I'll say it again. It's not just the lives of the patients that are transformed, but any person who steps foot on one of our vessels, they're just never the same again. And I, yeah, I love that.
1: There's another life that my wife and I saw really changed. That was so powerful for both of us. We went to the market and this was in Togo Mm -hmm. and we met this man. We walked into his shop and he just was really sweet man with a very gentle smile, gentle man. And we got to talking to him and got to know him and noticed that he his vision w- wasn't that good and i and i and i'm not obviously not a doctor uh but i could tell that he had cataract or something like that and i and i thought oh we we told him about the eye program on the ship hmm. one day we're walking off the ship and we see come on the dock and we're like cum what do what are you doing? And he goes, I, I came to get my eye surgery. And, wow. and I, and at the time I thought I'm going to be so in trouble right now. <laughs> and for tell, and cause I didn't tell him to come to the ship. I just said, we'll give you information. And I think he just came to the ship and just, uh, he was just going to walk up and get his eye surgery. Oh my god! But what was really cool in that moment, the eye program was actually having their screening off ship. But it wasn't at the ship; it was off ship. Hmm. And right in that moment, where he said, "I I want to get the surgery for my eyes," there was a a car driving by, Mercy Ships' vehicle, and they it was filled with, you know, with the Eye Team, (laughs) and and we waved at them and stopped them, and we said, "Kumlavi needs, you know, he wants to go to the screening," so he just jumped in the car with the Eye Team. And they took him to the screening and he got screened and he got his surgery and he got his vision back. Mm. And and it was just so much fun to to go to his shop. We, we went to his shop a lot because we like to shop and <laughs> and it was just so much fun going back and the relationship continued and it just mm. and it deepened, obviously. And then we started to learn that he had a daughter who he was very concerned about. He, he wanted to send her to, to school. And so we helped, we kind of got crew, and there were other crew members as well who were getting to know him at the time. And so we all got together and we helped his daughter get pay pay her school fees, her college fees. And she was able to become, you know, a beautician, a hairdresser, I'm not sure what, what you call it these days but cut, cutting hair and doing uh. doing that work and we were able to be a part of that and and so it's just it's just so it's wonderful how in mercy ships it's a medical mission but there's so much more that goes on in terms of of helping people and being a part of their lives and becoming and becoming friends and mm. I still to this day I guarantee you today I will have two messages pop up in my Facebook messenger that are from two different men in two different countries in Africa who literally message me every day to ask how I'm doing and how is my family and what's going on and them telling me what they're doing and me telling them what I'm doing and how, you know, and them praying for me and me praying for them every day that happens. I can guarantee it. Wow. And that's because of the relationships that were formed. Yeah, and I I love that. Those yeah. relationships are priceless. Absolutely. I know people in Africa. I have friends in Africa, mm. and I didn't have that before.
0: Oh, what a great story! I love that, Marty. How was your life impacted and transformed because of your time on board? I mean, you've you've been off the ship for mm-hmm. ten years now. But as you reflect back, what stands out most? What what impacted you most?
1: People will probably, you'll probably hear people say this and that the time I spent on Mercy ships was, the, were the best years of my life. And when I first moved off the ship, I wouldn't necessarily have said that, you know, we were tired and we were struggling, struggling to just get back into this culture we live in now and trying to, trying to honestly just make ends meet yeah. to pay for Home and for our our lives. Yeah. As years passed, and now this year we're officially empty nesters. All of our mm-hmm. sons have moved out, and mm-hmm. we're we're together, just the two of us. I've really been thinking about mercy ships a lot, and really looking back on that five years as truly five of the best years of my life. Yeah. Where I felt like I was kind of operating up. Like all cylinders were going. there's this sense of like I was using all of my skill, all of my talent, my administrative skills, my musical skills, my heart, mm-hmm. my counseling skill, like everything the ship was a place where I literally could just let all my my love and my gifts just kind of flow. Not that it happened every day perfectly, but when I look back on it, I realize that's what moved me the most is that I could truly use what God gave me other people I miss it I definitely miss miss that and it's, and it's not like today I'm I'm using my gifts and skills uh, thankfully but man those those years were fantastic
0: absolutely I can relate I get it. I know that you now have an amazing ministry. As you mentioned, you are getting to use a lot of your gifts today as well. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you're currently doing and how people can get involved.
1: Yeah, as I said, I came back and I, I finished my marriage and family therapist uh, master's and got licensed in, in, a, in California and Texas and started practicing, started a, a private practice, which is completely full And when COVID happened, it is when I filled up completely and I've been full ever since because there's such a need uh, for mental health services. But during COVID, something else happened that was kind of a miracle. Hmm. And well, I don't think you can say kind of a miracle. It's just a miracle (laughs) or it's not. For some reason, started looking. We just got this itch to find a, a, a place out in the country and a place where we could practice our hospita- our gift of hospitality, our desire to help others just heal and grow and through hospitality, through having a, a beautiful experience, a beautiful meal, uh, to be in nature. And so we started looking for a place mm. and we live in California where the real estate is incredibly expensive, but God does the miracle part. God led us to this property out in gold country, California, where gold was first discovered in the 1800s. And we found this 10 acre property that was an an amazing deal and we bought it. Hmm. And we started coming out here every weekend and just working and working, working to restore this property and to bring it to a place of where we can have guests and what we decided to do at the same time start a nonprofit and this has very much relevance to the ship because we decided we we wanted to create a nonprofit because we wanted to do personal spiritual nature retreats for people who have compassion fatigue suffering from compassion fatigue or burnout and the reason why it pertains to the ship is because we decided there's four what we I call pillars of of our society, of most societies around the world. And that is medical professionals, people who work in medicine. They're pillars. And they and these are all all four of these pillars suffer from compassion fatigue and burnout and will often leave their professions. Hmm. So medical professionals is at the top of that list because we spent five years on a hospital ship right. in a hospital. Yeah. getting and ministering and getting to know all these amazing medical professionals. Mm. So that's one pillar. Another is first responders, military veterans. Another is teachers. Mm. And and the fourth area which also pertains to the ship very much is international workers, missionaries, pastors, ministers, people yeah. who work and people who are caring for other people, including chaplains. We wanted to create this experience where people would come and have this retreat in nature. Uh, And we have a whole program that we, that we have where people come out and have a silent retreat and, and it's just an amazing experience. And we've been doing it since early 2021. Hmm. We've done about 10 retreats now and, Oh, and the other distinctive of the reason why we created a nonprofit is I really wanted to say to the participants, someone would come to me and say, Marty, I'm burned out and I want to quit. That's exactly the Mm. kind of person we're looking for. They're burned out and they want to quit. Yeah. And and I want to be able to say to them in that moment, we have a place for you and it's going to cost you nothing. Wow. And so the nonprofit raises money so that we can provide these retreats for free. Hmm. And the only expense really is the, the, the participant getting to our to our property right And then everything is you know they're provided meals and the retreat experience and lodging and, and that's what we wanted to offer. And a big reason why is I had that same experience when I was a pastor before uh, mercy ships.
2: Hmm.
1: I was burned out, suffering from compassion fatigue and I went to this place out in the country. That essentially is is very much like what we're doing. And they were ministering to pastors who were burning out. And it was all all covered by their nonprofit. And it was an experience that really helped me to stay in as a pastor and then as a a chaplain in Mercy Ships. Without that experience, most likely I would have left the profession Mm -hmm. and gone back to IT or something else because I was really spent but because someone took the time to minister to me to care for the caretaker, Mm -hmm. it made a huge difference. And that's what we want to do. That's how we want to spend kind of the rest of our, our days on earth. (laughs) We want to, we want to do that because we Catherine and I both love to provide a a hospitality to people. Yeah.
0: Well, I can say firsthand, you do it very well because You know, you mentioned reflecting now on your time on the ship as really some of the best years of your life. Well, my husband and I can both completely attest to that. We had one short year because of COVID, Um, it kind of cut our commitment short, but it really was the best year of our lives as a family and coming back was extremely difficult. And even after two years, we continued to struggle with that transition and the loss of a dream and the loss of that community. And we were recipients of the extravagant gift of getting to come to your beautiful ranch and you and your wife hosted us for a weekend retreat. And I can honestly say having that carved out intentional time in the beautiful setting of your property, along with your hospitality, it absolutely transformed us in our journey of grieving um, our Mercy Ships mm-hmm. experience and moving into to what God has for us next. And so... I would just bear witness and be a testimony to Uh the extravagant work that you and your wife are doing. And how can people listening get involved or really how can they give as well so that more people can benefit from this incredible gift?
1: Thank you for saying that, by the way, it was great having you there. And as you know, as when mercy ships, people get together together anywhere in the world. It's just a magical, beautiful experience. Yes. So it was just as good for us as it was for you. I think you, you were ministering to us as well, <laughs> just being able to be with mercy shippers. Hmm. Yeah. But to answer your question, how to help there's, there's like with any nonprofit, it's just uh, financial help. And it, it, it I kind of look at it as either financial help or or actual hands-on help as well. Yeah. You know, I if you ever you want to come out for a weekend and have building experience, I've got lots of projects <laughs> that need to be done and and trails that need maintaining. But essentially, just since we're offering these retreats for no cost to the participant, we need to raise the money to to cover those costs. Sure. And so there's there's definitely an opportunity for that and um, so it's, it, it's and, and another way actually is to refer people to us and to, you know, if you know someone who really needs a retreat and just recently someone was referred to us and by someone else who had, I had a brief conversation with and they referred a nurse to us and I'm so excited to be able to provide an opportunity for that person so if you know of people, refer them to us. We'd be happy to, to uh do as many retreats for Mercy Shippers as possible because that's always <laughs> that's always a double blessing.
0: Right. How how can we get in contact with you? Do you have a website or how can how can people get more information and give or refer people?
1: Yeah, the, the best way is to our web, website is newroadsretreats.com. On there, there's pictures of of our ranch and the experience. There's a giving donation button. There's all that stuff there. And there's also contact information for you can contact me by phone and email on the website. Perfect.
0: We'll also put those links in the show notes so anyone can refer to those at any time. It's really an incredible work that you and your wife are doing and it's it's a gift. And I love how your experience with Mercy Ships just really kind of put together so many of your gifts and talents, and you're able to use that today to continue really yeah. doing God's work and refreshing and reviving mm-hmm. the people of God for the kingdom of God. So it's, it's so cool. You know, Marty, you have such great gifts of caring for people. And as you've mentioned, you've done it as a pastor and as a chaplain and now as a therapist. And we really are at a time in our world, you know, I, I want to say post-pandemic, but I don't know. We're still kind of in it a little bit, I guess. People are discouraged. People are down and we're filled with a bunch of negativity. How would you encourage people today?
1: Yeah, it's it's a time where. There's so much division. I, I feel like we live in a in a time where there's division. It's so disturbing because what I witnessed on the ship is people from all different denominations and all different streams of Christianity coming and and non Christians, even like the doctor I spoke about, that all come together for a single purpose, a vision. So Mercy Ships brings people together, even though there's division amongst all people and there always will be, Mm -hmm. but there's something about the the ship that brings people together. And I think that's what I miss about the ship the most is is that I remember when we were on the ship, I remember occasionally I would read the news and look back at home and there was something going on and some big drama or divisive political debate. And I remember having this, this feeling like, I feel so much safer here Mm -hmm. on the ship. So hearing hearing about things going on at home and feeling like there's so much division in the world, but I felt safe on the ship. I felt like there was something that I could plug into that was encouraging. And so I I just want to encourage all of the crew, particularly the crew on the ship, but also in all the offices around the world, because as we know like it, it mercy ships is is just this massive organization i just want to encourage people i mean i feel like as a former chaplain on the ship my heart still is is still for the people who volunteer on mercy ships and so i just want to wherever you're at whether you're on the ship or in an office somewhere around the world i just want to say that god is with you i know you know that I know, I know we know God is with us, Emmanuel, God with us, but I just want you to hear that God is with you and he loves you Mm -hmm. and he sees you. He sees what you're doing and he sees who you are, not just what you're doing, but who you are, because I can remember meeting people on the ship who would struggle with, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough surgeries or I'm not, or I'm not doing enough, you know, here in my job, and I want to do more. And I feel like that that's a problem around the world that people feel like they're not enough that they're always trying to do more to become to become that that perfect person or enough so God will love them or other people will love them. And I just want to say to the crew and to all the people in mercy ships that you are enough. Mm -hmm. You are enough. God loves you. He is with you. And He is proud of you.
0: Wow. Thank you for that. Marty, thank you so much for sharing with us today Uh a little bit of your Mercy Ships journey. It's been a joy and an inspiration, and we encourage everybody to go check out New Roads Retreats and find out more about the ministry that Marty and his wife, Catherine, are doing.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Maybe you're looking for a life change, or maybe you're ready to use the gifts that God has given you to help others. If so, go check out our volunteer opportunities at mercyships.org forward slash volunteer. Next week, we get to hear from a power couple that has a very unique Mercy Ship story. You don't want to miss my interview with Bob and Sherilyn Cook.